0: Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, September 1st, and I'm Blair Kirchhoff. Today we begin the first of three straight days previewing college football, and we start with the Kansas Jayhawks, who open the season on Friday night at home against South Dakota. It's been a rough go for KU for, oh, about a half a generation. But hope springs eternal under new coach Lance Leipold, who arrived from Buffalo in April. and That means he didn't have a spring practice to work with the Jayhawks. He's kept the identity of his starting quarterback a secret. There are three candidates. Beat writer Jesse Newell is here to break down the position and preview KU. After a break, you'll hear from Leipold from his meeting with reporters this week. So let's get started talking Kansas football. I love your story, Jesse, uh, about the quarterbacks at Kansas that detailed the competitions and the thoughts of coaches going into the season uh, that you had at the bottom of the story. Is it five of the last six years uh, we we went into game week at Kansas not knowing who the starting
1: quarterback was going to be? Yeah, you would think just randomly that that wouldn't happen. (laughs) You know, of course, you're stretching over the course of three different coaches and, I don't know what it is in the water in Lawrence, but it just makes it so that every single year going into game week, nobody knows who the starting quarterback is going to be. And sometimes that includes the coaching staff as well. But um, this one, the scenario is actually a little bit different, you know, to to give Lance Leipold and his staff a little bit of leeway where they weren't here for spring ball. So they couldn't evaluate those guys then, uh, wanted to give everybody a fresh slate. And so the combination between Jason Bean, Jalen Daniels, and Miles Kendrick, sort of started it didn't spill over into the fall practices it started in the fall practices so they're trying to implement the offense get it going and then also evaluate their quarterbacks at the same time a very difficult thing to do and I'm sure they would love for some guy to emerge Uh, the problem for them is just that that very clear-cut choice has not come about just yet so we'll see what Kansas does coming up against South Dakota on Friday but it does very much resemble a lot of things in the past, which is uncertainty at the quarterback position for Kansas. And as you said, five of the last six years to not know that guy going into game week, that is something that is pretty crazy to think about it. Can you see all three getting snaps on Friday? No, uh, actually that is something a little bit different from the past. Um, Lance Leipold played the position. Um, so he's talked about this a little bit and kind of said that he understands what it's like when you play quarterback and you sort of feel like you're looking over your shoulder and uh, the coach might be looking to the next guy, that sort of thing. He likes to to play a guy and, and keep him in there and, and give him a long leash. And, you know, he's not going to promise anything. He, he's When he's asked this question a lot, he says, hey, I'm not going to promise to not play two quarterbacks, just in case something happens or injury or whatever the game flow might be. But no, I, I think he wants to put a guy out there and leave him there for a while. And he was asked directly a week ago whether he uh, had planned on rotating quarterbacks, and he said that discussion has not been had. So... Uh, This is sort of tricky for Kansas because not only are they wanting to get a guy to to be the starter, but they're kind of trying to decide a guy to be the starter to also give a little bit of wiggle room so that they can make some mistakes and still feel like they're not going to be pulled out of the game. So, um, yeah, that's one that's probably a little bit different from some of the coaches in the past. You know, Les Miles rotated his quarterbacks uh, in week one. Uh, of the game last year. David Beatty was one who always liked to rotate his quarterbacks throughout the game and play different ones. It should be different this year, just based off the comments that Lance Leipold has said and him saying, at least publicly, that he doesn't like to have guys go in and out, in and out, because he knows how difficult the quarterback position is to play without having those mind games in your head.
0: Yeah. Kedrick is the one with the experience, right? Started, was it seven games a year ago? Well, I was going to say I'm not sure he's the prototypical Lance Leipold quarterback, but Leipold proved he he wins with different style quarterbacks, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, they try to play up their pieces. Um, you see him last year; they were led the nation in rushing yards per carry. Um, there were years before where they threw it out all around the ballpark, and you know were top in the MAC and, and passing yardage. So uh, they try to be versatile. They try to be um, you know, they try to play up to the skills and the advantages of their particular players, which also sort of complicates these things too. You, you mentioned miles Kendrick. So, uh, I mean, let's just go over all three of these guys real quickly. Uh, miles Kendrick won the workout warrior award over the summer from the weight new weight coach for being a leader. He led some of the player led workouts with an offense that he doesn't know, (laughs) you know, completely. So, Smart kid will be a coach someday all those sorts of things his limitations are just the physical tools you know he's listed at 5'10 he's probably really shorter than me and I'm 5'8 59 so 5'10 is probably too generous um he's not that fast and he lacks arm strength and honestly he lacks accuracy too uh, and and that's why you know when you're people talking about him being potentially a coach someday uh, that's sometimes what lines up with a, a coach is is somebody who knows the game studies their butt off um you know knows their reads know what they sh- knows what they should be doing but just hasn't been able to do it. I mean, it kind of describes Bill Self, doesn't it? You know, I know he had some success in college, but hey, if you uh, get kicked out of your playing career quick enough, then you become a coach quicker, and you kind of you know ascend in that sort of way. Uh, Jalen Daniels, you know, really super young. Played a lot of the last year when he was seventeen. Has a cannon for an arm, can run, but has a little bit of PTSD from last year where KU averaged five point two sacks allowed per game. Just got happy feet in the pocket. Really young in his development, so. Um, tough to know with him and been some whispers of, uh, you know, him being banged up a little bit in practices too. So who knows, but again, he has the tools to be able to make a run at this position. And then Jalen Bean, he's the transfer from North Texas, started a few games for them last year, but he just has a can't miss unbelievable quality, which is his speed. He's a former track star. And so if KU was thinking about doing some run game with its quarterback and and being, Um, you know, kind of tricky in that sort of way, then Jason Bean has a skill that you just can't miss. I mean, he's one of the fastest guys on the team. Um, But as far as uh, they've been trying to get him to speak up, you know, be more of a leader to to learn the offense. He only got here in the summer. So it's been a catch-up period for him. So again, I can make a case for all those guys and I can make a case against all those guys. I think that's why it's been tricky for KU's coaching staff. I'm sure they would love to have somebody emerge by now, but now you're kind of just sort of asking philosophical questions, aren't you? I mean, do you want to call a play and know it's going to get called correctly? Then you go with Miles Kendrick. If you want a guy who does something that nobody else on the field does at a quarterback position, you take Jason Bean. And if you want a guy who's been in there some and has kind of both of the same tools, but uh, is a little bit unproven and and might not be fully developed this time, you take Jalen Daniels. But I think unfortunately for them, this thing has gone down to last week, and so that means that nobody has clearly emerged at least at this point in time.
0: How about weapons around the quarterback? Um, you know, obviously that you know, wide receivers, offensive line, running backs, tight ends, can help a quarterback look good. What What does KU have that can help a quarterback look good?
1: Yeah, so, I'll, I mean, I'll be blunt about this. I mean, I know this is preseason and optimism time, so you want to say good things about everybody, but it's just, you know, it's not the case. Um, if we're talking about those position groups, I just said KU's offensive line allowed 5.2 sacks per game last year. It's the highest mark I can find in Division One history. Um, I can't find higher number than that. So, uh, obviously they're starting from a bad point, but Scott Fuchs, the new offensive line coach, I've heard really glowing things about him. Um, they have more depth this year. They have a lot of guys who were starters last year who are kind of, um, projected to be backups this year. So, I mean, that says something for the program that, uh, maybe they have more bodies in, they brought in Mike Nowitzki, a center from Buffalo. He was ranked, I think the fourth best center in the nation by pro football focus. So a lot's going to be on his shoulders. And then they brought in Colin Grunhard, who uh, I'm going to have a story about at the Kansas City Star, a local kid, son of Tim. You know, everybody knows the former chief. He's going to be starting at right guard. He's been a center for most of his life, but he's a student of the game. And uh, with KU, how they run these uh, mostly primarily wide zone schemes where they try to basically get out, get guys on the run, um, that allows themselves to play smaller linemen if you want to. And so Colin Grunhard, with his knowledge, I think has kind of jumped up the depth chart, should be able to help them out there. Look at receivers. That's a big question, Mark. Um, they have Kwame Lasseter, who's the leading receiver from a year ago. Again, we talk about sons of former um, NFL guys. There you go. Kwame Lasseter, the son of former uh, KU player Kwame Lasseter, who played in the NFL, played, uh, you know, defensive back and, and safety. Uh, but he's the number one guy behind him. There's a lot of question marks, honestly. You know, they've got Trevor Wilson from Buffalo, who's kind of a speed threat. Stephon Robinson LJ Arnold, who are question marks from last year, didn't get much playing time. A guy like Luke Grimm, who... Kind of came on the scene, but again, they had they have a lot of questions there. Running back is interesting because um they have Velton Garner, their leading rush from last year, who should be good. Devin Neal there's is, is their top uh top recruit coming in four stars from uh, Lawrence High just turned 18, but he's impressed guys in practice. And then Amari Pesek Hickson, he's a local kid, uh, who also should be able to get some carries if he's healthy in there as well. Again, they've had some problem with injuries and guys being in and out of the rotation. So um we'll see how they start out with, but Um, yeah, they feel probably good about that group if they can keep them healthy, but they get one or two injuries there, and they're probably getting pretty light in a hurry. Tight ends, they should feel good about. Uh, Trevor Cardell, I I wrote about him as one of the surprises this year. He's a baseball player uh, who plays both sports, but he's really impressed. He probably will get the start, I would think, on Friday. Uh, Mason Fairchild has been one of the guys in the locker room, has led workouts, and as a veteran by now, he's reshaped his body, so he should get a lot of snaps. And then Will Huggins is just a physical freak. Uh, He's a local kid as well uh, who should, if they want to stretch the field with the the vertical passing game, he's the one to be able to do it. So should feel good about their tight ends. Again, they have a big role with the running game and everything, but that's kind of what's around uh, that quarterback position. But um, it's tough for Kansas because, again, you're installing a new scheme and already out of those positions, you know, you can ask that question, which of those is not the worst unit in the Big 12? And and, you know, you're probably not saying that many of those are. So, um, Kay's in a tough position to start this season, but that's why they've got new coaching staff, new optimism, and they're going to see um, how far that can take them in this 2021 season and perhaps more importantly, and then in 2022 and 2023 as well. How about a, just a quick word on the defense? Yeah, uh, I think the defensive line might be the strength of the team. Um, they're really happy with what Kyron Johnson has done. Um, wrote about him earlier this summer. He's of a physical freak, you know, he's uh tests super well, he gets you know a really quick burst, and they've moved him, he's moved all around for KU football in, in years past, but they've just moved him strictly to defensive end, put a hand on the ground, go rush the quarterback. Um, so I think they have high hopes for him. He's on the NFL radars because of some of his testables, but he might be one of those guys that could make a big leap with the new coaching staff and just kind of new visions for him. Malcolm Lee's on the other side. Uh, He should be a really good player uh, in his own right. He's reshaped his body as well, but um, I think those two guys, they also brought Eddie Wilson from Buffalo who should be kind of an anchor in the middle and they've got Sam Burt coming back for a super senior season. So I think they feel good about their defensive line and and have a few bodies they can rotate in there. Linebackers, huge question mark. Um, That was probably, it might've been the worst statistic or the worst positional unit in the big 12 of anybody. I mean, they, they really, really, really struggled at linebacker last year and, Um, So we'll see what they've they've got this year. Uh, A guy like Gavin Potter, again, maybe kind of in the Kyron Johnson mold. He's a guy that was a highly rated recruit. uh, Just has sort of struggled to have that production match up with what he's done in the past, but um, you know, we'll see with that. And then, uh, you know, they've got Rich Miller from Buffalo. He can play all three linebacker positions has kind of been a leader type for them and and knows what he's doing out there, but uh, still, still question marks for that position, no doubt, but you know, some hope guy like Taiwan Berryhill played a few snaps last year before getting injured. They really like him and, um, so, so we'll see what happens. Secondary, um, so they should love their safeties. If they say healthy, again, I'm going to keep saying if they say healthy, but Kenny Logan's a team leader, uh, has a special relationship with, uh, with Lance Leipold. They've been buddies ever since, uh, Lance Leipold took the job. And then Ricky Thomas is a capable backup. OJ Burroughs is from IMG Academy he's a true freshman. I predicted he'd lead the team in interceptions. He was catching everything at the open practice the other day. So he seems to have a guy, uh, for 5'10". He just has all sorts of instincts and skills, ball skills. Uh, should be able to uh, to use those on the field. At cornerback, it's a question mark. Uh they are super 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 young there, but um Deuce Mayberry has emerged. He was a true freshman last year. He's the younger brother of Kyle Mayberry who played for Kansas for a while and they have high hopes for him and then a guy like Romello Dotson who really emerged um in this fall kind of out of nowhere. He should be the starter on the other side. Um they've got other bodies there. Uh, that they can they can throw into the mix, but uh, it should be scary at cornerback because anybody knows you throw freshmen and and true sophomores into the mix there and hope that they can completely carry the load. And accomplish like the Big Twelve, you're going to be at least worried for the for, through the first few games about how that production is going to hold up. So I'd say defensive line is is, is might be the biggest strength of the entire team, but um, the back end some question marks. The safety they should feel good about, but like everything else, they got to stay healthy and they got to hope for good health throughout the season.
0: Difficult to imagine a coach coming into a Tougher situation than Lance Leipold is at Kansas, just given the, you know, what's returning, um, where the program is, his late start. And how about in he's playing an FCS team in the opener, but one that played four games in February and March. It's so unusual, you know, that they'll they're gonna play a program that's already played games in, in 2021. Uh, we're going to hear from Landslide Pold after we take a break, but before we do, Jesse, how about just some final thoughts on, on, on KU what t- the expectation for the opener. Let's let, us let us not go past that, but um, I, I'm sure it would be a major disappointment if Kansas did not win the game, but Kansas has lost openers to FCS programs before and um, they have disappointed uh, obviously. And, in the past, what do fans need to see from Kansas to know that uh, it, it's at least on on the track to move in the right direction?
1: Yeah, it's tough, Blair. Um, you know, I'm thinking of Al Davis here, the just win baby. I mean, that's that's gotta <laughs> sure. be it from that first game. You mentioned the losses previously, you know, Turngill, her first game, lost to North Dakota State. Dave made his first game, um, a loss to South Dakota State. Even three years later, when KU won three games, which ties for the highest mark they've had since 2009, KU opened with a loss to Nickel State at home. So losing the FCS teams, I mean, I've heard fans out there say, oh, you know, I'm just going to – well, <laughs> nothing's easy. Nothing's easy with Kansas football, not in the coach's opener. I know he's undefeated at Kansas right now. But, I mean, Lance Leipold, it's tough right now. And I likened it in one of my stories. You talked about what can you see from this team? What, How do you measure them? And, and this game is just really tough because – I made the example, if all your buddies had two weeks to study for the final and then you get a call at 6 a.m. and say, hey, the finals at noon and all your buddies get an A on the test and you get the F. I mean, does that say what you are as a student? It doesn't really say what you are as a student, right? It's kind of an unfair judge because everybody else had all this time to prepare and you were kind of thrown in the mix. And so I guess what I'm saying here is Lance Leifold and the staff could be great coaches. I mean, they could do great things at Kansas. They could be amazing with player development. They could be great with building a game plan. And it might not look very good against South Dakota just because of the circumstances that were thrown at them at, at this late stage in the process. So um, I, I don't mean to totally tamp down expectations for Kansas. I just, I think the reality of this is it's a very difficult thing to walk into. And so I even mentioned this in my predictions. Uh, you know, I said, okay, you going one 11 this year, I had them beating South Dakota, but um, losing the rest of the games of the season. I know um, some people thought that was a little bit pessimistic, but I think next year, there could definitely be expectations because they're going to be a more veteran team. They're going to have their offense and defense in, and they're going to have a whole spring ball. 2023, you might be able to talk about bowl game eligibility because, again, you have a super veteran team. You're you're hitting up on the max on 85 scholarships. They've been here two years, all those sorts of things. So I could see this thing turning up very quickly, but I, I don't think it's completely fair to say 2021 is when you have to see that immediately happen. So uh, listen, this is not to, to say, Hey, these guys get a free pass. Say hey, they get four or five years to completely do whatever they want to do. I mean, that, that's not what I'm saying here at all. I'm just saying, I think you could see if this is a really good coaching staff, you'll see it in year two and you'll see it in year three. And that's when the expectations kind of start to take hold year one. It's just a little bit tougher because of when they took over.
0: And who knows what the conference will look like by then. All right. Good stuff, Jesse. Uh, like I said, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, you'll hear, Kansas football coach Lance Leipold, his entire press conference from Monday, uh, game week, prep for South Dakota. Thanks, Jesse. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.
1: How close are you to naming
2: a starting quarterback right now? Closer than we were the last time we talked. (laughs) Okay, um, we're getting there. Um, And, uh, you know, whether or not we'll announce it publicly before kickoff is, Still to be determined but uh it's it's working that direction
0: uh,
2: how good do you feel about that position overall to this first game? i I feel good about it again the competition's been excellent uh you know again we're we're still striving for consistency and understanding and leadership and uh a lot of different things that that are gonna be there and um you know I'm confident with with all three of those guys if if when they're on the field. i i want to have- Injury-wise, how are you guys doing heading into the opener? Oh, uh, it's a question. Uh, you know, we're doing okay. You know, you'd like to be better in spots. Um, I will say, as, as always, uh, through my head coaching career uh, on game week, the injury report seems to shrink quite a bit. Um, so it, it did again this week. So um, well, we'll see where it, where it, you know it's fully available and as we... You no, know, tomorrow's a big day for that for us to be quite honest, is um you know, our philosophy has been, my philosophy has been that you, you you need to practice during the 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 work days. You you gotta get one of those in to to have some type of availability, but we always look at the the role of the player and, and how much work they've had um throughout time. So but uh, all in all pretty decent. Is there anyone out that you're open to be counting on? You know, that's um Probably not as of like going into game planning and stuff. I, I don't think that's overly changed at this time. I wanted to ask you about your young secondary, especially on the 2D. You have, you know, a few freshmen in there. What, what's your comfort level with that, and what have those guys done to impress you so far? Yeah, their athleticism and, and their, their, you know, really their overall uh, competitive nature uh, on the field. But as as it's pretty well in print, uh, they're young. And uh, with that, uh, being experienced and growing pains can happen but uh um you know the whole secondary you know I you know it's corner wise you you know I think chevis Jackson's done an excellent job with those guys not just on the field but mentoring them off the field um we continue to work with that whole group about being the complete player and and what they need to do to prepare um you know, the athleticism obviously is there that brought them here. And, and then it's all the other things of, of studying and preparation to of themselves, all those little things. And, and I think they've embraced that, that very well. Uh, talking to Scott Books, he mentioned that on the offensive line, it's not just five guys who play well, but five guys who play well together. Um, I was yeah. curious what you've seen in that regard. And do you feel like you have five that play well? Together? Yeah, you know, that's that, that's something that I guess will be truly evaluated across the board in this program on Friday night as we start. And, you know, that's the one thing is when the lights go on and the ball's kicked off, we're going to really get the true baseline of, of, you know, where we're at and what we've done in our time here and where we have to go. Um, but, yeah, offensive line, because, again, whether it be really any time, communication is key. And, and yeah, there's five, but they got to think like one. And and be on the same page and identification and and getting the feel of when working together, who's working off, and all, all the different things that go along with that. And and that's why Scott alludes to that and, and it is so important. And then uh, just since I know it is your favorite category, like Benton said, uh with the, the quarterbacks from where you started camp to where you are now, is this about where you expect yeah. it to be or hoped, or is it maybe ahead or behind that one? We'll have a lot of fun this year, right? So uh, I'll just say that's one B. Maybe one A is talking about injuries. So you guys hit both right away, okay? But uh, um, uh, you know, I've really tried to come in with a with clearly an open mind of what to expect. I, you know, I've kind of gone through with these before and and to try to give everyone what what can be the, um, you know, there's so much to to look at and then we talk as a staff and stuff, but it's like, okay, who's throwing the ball? Just like I said, okay, who was working with who at that moment and who are they going against at that time? But, um, yeah, I I think I'm, you know, satisfied where it's at right now um, for a guy who's never really satisfied. <laughs> and so, as you know, we're always going to keep pushing. So I, I guess I didn't have, well, it needs to be here at this moment for us to feel like we're really good going into game one um you know and and i think uh again when the quarterback becomes live and i think across the country nobody's really making their quarterback live during that there's a difference and when when it is it, you really get to see what happens um and uh i think i'll probably answer that a lot better next week and feel free to ask it again and we'll uh you know and i can probably give you a little bit more where we're at hey lance what have you seen from trevor cardell at tight end Boy, I, I, But, you know, you know, when I met Trevor and everything, and he's on the baseball team here and and things like that. And, um, you know, trying to work out, you know, with the conversations of, you know, kind of inheriting a situation with a two sport athlete. And, and, you know, because we, you know, we heard a lot of good things about him and try to balance that out. That was the first kind of, you know way he went about it. I thought he handled it well. He had an excellent summer, but he, he's very athletic. I, I'm really impressed with him. I know Andy Kolnicki is as well. Um, not just being a receiving tight end, he's embraced what we're asking our tight ends to do. Um, he's a guy that can motion around and do some things. And, uh, you know, he's he's going to be utilized a lot this season and looking forward to really seeing him get that, get, get that first action on, on Friday. But I, I've been very pleased. I, I think, you know, you look at him and Mason Fairchild, uh, you know, I know Andy's very pleased where where the depth of that position is. I think we have another young tight end, Will Huggins, who's a big, tall body that will continue to add depth to that position. And then we got some other guys there that are more fullback type bodies, but can fill in the roles of what we've been doing offensively these last few years and, and all, all will have chances to contribute in different ways. So Collectively, that that's a group that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to lean on. But, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, he keeps working right. You know, Trevor's got a bright future. Lance, you talk about that depth. I, I, I was curious if going into, you know, game one, do you have a a, a script? Do you have a, a number of guys you want to see play or get action or, or do you just? Is that a game flow thing or how does that work? It's a game flow rotational thing based on depth. I I lean and trust on our coaches a lot based on rotations. As I've said from the start is, you know, through competition, you earn, you know, and and what you show in practice. And hopefully there's close gaps between that. We want to keep guys fresh. We want to be able to play four quarters, but we're going to do what we have to do to to win a football game and, and put ourselves in the best position. And, and playing a team like South Dakota, who played in the spring as experienced as they are, ha- and players they have returning, we've got to make sure that you know it's not just fully scripted that this is what what's going to take place no matter what. Okay, we we've got to we, we got to go out and um and and do do what we can to to get ourselves up on the right foot here. It's a little bit similar to that, but kind of different. I mean, what what do you expect? From game one, are, are you looking for a clean game? Are you looking for improvement throughout? Are you looking for a tone setter for the season? What 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 do you want from game one? All the above, I <laughs> guess. You know, if if you could have it, it's right. You know, I uh, there's I guess there's still unknowns. You know, obviously to see see how guys produce in game situations, how we handle adversity, how we handle success, all the things. I want to see us playing hard and straining and give good great effort, and 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 no matter what the score is, and. Uh, is that we're going to compete hard no matter who's on who's on the field, and uh, those are kind of the things that all the things that we've been trying to instill from the summer all the way through we're we're going to continue to do, and now you get to see it in, in front of people and 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 really being live football. Coach, uh, you guys are just taking obviously the the very first steps in what will hopefully be a, a long journey a lot a lot of work ahead. But now that game week is here, could you characterize what you've been through in the past month? Has it been stressful, fun? You know, what are you coming out? What's the experience been? Uh, honestly, like I, I said, I think last week, you know, it's really not about what what i have found. To me, it's been a normal camp and trying to. do But there's just a lot more to it, obviously, with with short, uh, you know, short time with these guys and 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 as a staff putting things together. So it's been unique. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, it's been unique for the players too. in some of the things that we've changed—changed changed how practices were run, changed the schedule of the day, changed how we do things—and um, I've really been appreciative of the way they—they've they've, uh, accepted that. And and I think they've seen the benefits of some of those. It's just a different way of doing it. Um, personally, though, there's there's parts uh, I can't say my day is is. Drastically change, but I obviously it's a lot more condensed than occupied in, in different ways. But uh, um, yeah. as good as that question is, I guess I, I don't feel like I always give great answers to these. But I think those are questions sometimes I answer better in January or June, Then you kind of really reflect everything that was really going on. And, and right now you're just you're, you're in the moment of it, and you just keep keep going, and that's what we do, and you got to find a way to get it done, and I I work for for a man one time, For I worked for him for 10 years, and he used to tell us every year, when you're tired, pray for strength, okay, and uh, so we, you know, that's that's what you do this time. Coach, first game week, what's your message for the student body, anything you'd like them to know going into friday well um as far as attending the game, I think is what you're alluding to and that they have a chance to be impactful. They have a chance to and hopefully they they they'll know that they have a chance to be a part of this and help us turn this program around and and them being at the games and being involved and creating a whole field advantage all those things uh um can be impactful and uh and hopefully it's part of the college experience for for students and uh hopefully that's part of the reasons you know i've I remember when I was a division three coach, I, I went to recruit a young man and, and he was, and he politely told me he wasn't interested. And uh, I said, why? And he goes, I want to go to a school whose scores are on the bottom of ESPN. I go, you going to go? He goes, no, I just want to go to school there and 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 go to the games and have fun and and that and that's always stuck with me and now to have a chance to be at a place like the University of Kansas I, I would hope there's plenty of students that that part of that college experience on it starts on Friday night that they can come with some of their friends some of the new acquaintances they've they've met on campus and be impactful because um just like everyone in our community, our our alumni, our fan base, our student body can all have a part in putting this program and uh, uh where it needs to be. And and hopefully we never lose sight of that or or, or lose the appreciation that, they, that they'll have. What have you seen from Colin
1: Grunhard? Oh,
2: needs... Grit, toughness, coachability, he's humble. I love being around the guy. You know, you can you you can build around guys like that. You know, he comes in here. Obviously, uh, you know, everyone knows about his father. Everybody knows he's at Notre Dame. He just comes in like one of the guys each and every day. And uh, you know, those are those are the type of guys you want in your program. And uh, he's been versatile. Um, and uh, he's been slowed a little bit, but uh, he, like I say, he's he's a gritty guy. And uh, I really, really, uh, you know, appreciate him being here and enjoy having him
1: here. You mentioned South Dakota played in the spring. What what kind of stands out to you about their, their personnel, maybe their strength? Into, well, uh, the they
2: got 21 returning starters. They've got all their returning specialists. And, and one thing through time, and, uh, you know, we want to be there someday is that when you play long into the regular season, when you go back out in the spring, you have great retention, okay? And when you have great retention, you keep building upon it. Well, now you got to play four games in the spring. What do you think their retention level is right now? So that's the thing. Scores, you know, exclude the scores. They've got everybody coming back, and they get to build upon what they were doing. Um, I've known Bob Nielsen for a long time. Um, Bob was coach at Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Then he was at Duluth. Then he was the AD at Duluth. And then he hired himself back as the football coach, okay? And then he went to Western Illinois. He has has been a program builder. um, for a long time and he does it uh in an excellent way he's they they're, they're well coached um got he got a couple young quarterbacks I played last year I, I didn't watch in the film I didn't even look the first time Know the guy was a freshman now everybody gets the year back but to see um the composure and all the things in a, in a season and like everybody went through uh you know again and most of you know the Missouri Valley Football Conference for an FCS program is uh um an excellent football conference, very competitive. And I went through that. Like I said, uh and, and my respect for that whole league is immense. I said when I was at Buffalo I said we're not scheduling Missouri Valley School. Okay. I just flat out said we're not we're not scheduling. Uh, I I want to ask you about Rapello Dotson.
1: Just what what he's done to impress you guys <laughs> the past few years.
2: Very steady. And, you know and, and and very true to what uh Coach Jackson told me when I first got here, he's a pretty laid back guy. But uh, uh, again, he continues to grow, mature, open up, gain confidence and and all the things. And, uh, you know, he's been very steady. And uh, again, uh, a lot of those young guys out there, uh, you know, there may be a growing pain or two throughout the year. But I'm really excited to watch them go play and actually get out, and get after
0: it. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welch, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Jesse Newell for stopping by and talking KU football. Links to his stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to SportsPass Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus... Additional stories that appear only on the website. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. How do you get it? Go to kansascity.com/sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com/sportspass2020. And I wanted to call your attention to something else new. Maybe you know about the Stars E Edition. That's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the E-Edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner. Click on that and you can access a sports page that includes all the evening news like Royals results and the baseball games that were played the night before. Spoiler alert, Salvador Perez did not hit a home run last night. So whether it's a sports pass or a full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.